family. How's everybody feeling? How are we all doing? Welcome on in to Planet Remix Radio. I am your host, of course, Miss Blue. The Soulful Oracle. And I want to welcome you all in. I um, got to get the mic and get everything right. How are we all feeling? How's everybody doing? Good to see you all here on a Saturday, right? Shots out to Saturday, um, because this is a unusual time for us to be live, but it is the perfect time. Remember, I told you all that I would be going live, and I would be going live on Saturday. And uh, yeah, so here we are. Let's get those likes up so our soul family can know that we are live, and uh, yeah, everybody is in the house. I see all the beautiful people in the building. So good to see you all. The Blue Room is open, and you're more than welcome to come on over and join us in the Blue Room. That's right. You're more than welcome to come on over and join us in the Blue Room. Let me give you those cosmic directions so you can find your way on over. You're just going to come over to YouTube. And once you get to YouTube, you're going to type in Blue, B-L-U-E. That's me. 
and then Raz, R-A-R, gosh, R-A-S-B-E-R-R-Y, and that is going to get you locked in. I'm just trying to warm up the mic. We are live. This is not a recorded show, so if you're listening, we're live. We're streaming live. We're streaming live right here on, um, we're streaming live right here. We're streaming live. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Welcome, welcome, everyone on in. What a time to be alive growing up on planet Earth. Because that's what we're doing. We are truly growing up on planet Earth. I feel like I got so much on between the glasses, between my headset, this microphone. But don't worry, I got to keep it here so we can make sure the sound is coming in nice and clear. And I'm going to get used to talking to all of you. I see you out there. (laughs) And I got to learn how to, you know, just kind of navigate a little different here. Um, A little different. But yeah, so good to see you. So good for us to be here. My goodness. So, welcome on in to Planet Remix Radio. I am your host, of course, I know, right? Miss Blue, the Soulful Oracle. And I want to welcome you all in. Uh, thank you all for joining, joining me here live. I want to give out the call-in number as well so that if you want to get on the phone lines, you can get on the phone lines, 515 515- is the number to call, and that is going to get you locked in. Wow. What I tell you, first of all, I want to say thank you to everyone who has shared their dreams. I truly, truly think I really, really got this channel and got some major, major confirmations tonight. I want to give a big shout out to UPS. Yeah, UPS. (laughs) Imagine that. Got some confirmation from UPS. So many from you guys. Because actually, I wasn't intending on coming on tonight to share. I was still putting the pieces together. Still just kind of wrapping my head around the the message. You know, about a week or so ago, my guide sat me down and really just gave me some information, some more information for 2024. And I'm going to be sharing that with you. And we're going to get into that. We're going to dive into that. And we may have a special guest. Uh, We're going to have a special guest. And it's everything is so in alignment. And you're going to see that. We may have a special guest dropping by the remix here tonight. So just waiting on just that confirmation to come in. Uh, It will be so divinely perfect and powerful as well. uh, Also, so we're in the midst of 2024. And excuse me if I'm doing a lot of popping with my lips when I'm talking. Um, Yeah. I, you know, I make no other excuses for it other than it's who I am, but um, I will do my best to try not to be annoying with that. But one of the things I will tell you is that um, 2024, 
chaos. Think of it that way. It is ordered chaos. And this is what we're going to see. And what I really love is that so many of you here really, really are in a great space. And I let me just see if you're in the blue room or even if you're listening to this as a recording, as a podcast, let me know if you're in a great space. How are you feeling? How are you honestly feeling like no BS? Like really, how are you feeling? How are you honestly feeling? How are you honestly feeling right now? How are you honestly feeling? Ashley says, I feel amazing. Christine says, high off life. Um, Doodle Wilson says, frustrated on defense mode. Okay, okay, we'll talk about it. Black Gold says, I'm feeling sluggish. That's on par right there. Brittany says, feeling like I'm slowly but surely tearing up my old foundation and rebuilding a new one in a higher, healthier vibration. Absolutely love that. Anxious and stressed. I feel prepared. Highs and lows. Exhausted and irritated a bit. Haven't been sleeping well lately. This energy is wild, says James. My energy has been rising more and um, rising more and more. A little heavy, a bit sad, says Bridget. Karmic says, I'm feeling a line. Cosmic love says, peaceful yet excited. Very interesting. Love that. Hugo89 says, I'm picking up these pieces from an emotional taxing week, but feeling optimistic. Love that. Sybil says, I feel phenomenal. See, Diggs says, it's wintertime. Can't wait till spring. Just coping right now. Understand that. Wow. Let's see. Let's see. Um A new day, life will continue to get better and better. Absolutely love that. Black Gold says, we are all in sync. Ditto, ditto, ditto. Miss Rich says, feeling good, wanting to be in my own space, protecting my peace. Scared to repeat the dreams I've had, though. Ooh, yeah, these dreams, these dreams. We're going to talk about them some more tonight. Let's see, stuck and making no progress, but moving forward to change. Priestess Brandy says, I'm feeling sore, recovering after a car accident, taking bath and slowly moving and grounding my body, sending you much love. And thank goodness you're, you're doing well. You're, you're doing better. Feeling creative and... Uh, Feeling tired but creative, okay, understand that, understand that. I am feeling overwhelmed when I overthink. Mm -hmm. Makes sense, makes sense. 
strong resilience and shifting consciousness. Okay, let's see, let's see, let's see. We are shifting through the realization that are continuing to rise, understanding what's needed for this new season. Uh, Jasmine L says, an emotional roller coaster. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then let's see here. I literally cried my eyes out two days ago, and oh my God, I am feeling so uplifted and grateful and open to brand new things without fear. Absolutely love that, love that, love that. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is press one to get on the call line, and if you want to get out the call line, just press one again. It'll take you out. It'll take you out. Uh, yeah, I love this. I love this. So, um, Sammy says feeling a little heavy today. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, I love that we're taking this opportunity for us to check in, check in as a community, check in as a soul group, right? We know Planet Remix, we consider ourselves to be a part of the subconscious society as well. But um, everything that you're feeling, know it's it's right in alignment with what's happening at this time. We are definitely going through major, major, major shifts, major shifts at this time. And I know we all can feel it. We're going through major shifts and major changes and not just internal not just internal inside of us, like physically, our planet is going through major, major shifts. We are traveling so fast through the photon belt. I literally went on a ride a couple of days ago, a spiritual ride, and to see where we were, you know, just imagine yourself if you're on the airplane, if you got a chance to go into the cockpit where the pilots are. And you can look out that window and you could see exactly where you're going and how fast, how fast we're traveling through clouds and we're traveling through space and just, just, just through the air. This is what I could see. And I made this prediction some years ago that eventually NASA would come, we would get an official sort of kind of what we call official on the planet Earth. Um, for those in authority, to tell us that the alignment that we thought or thought we were in, we are no longer in that physical alignment. And how we see the planets, how we think of the planets, and where our position is in that astrological lineup, that uh, astronomy lineup, excuse me, within our galaxy, we are no longer in the same place. And we haven't been for years. We really haven't been, honestly, probably since we crossed the 2000s. But I think more of it became known once we hit 2012, that we could see that shift. We could see that change of where we were. And because we are in such a totally different place to where we were, and because that place is so different, it has totally changed so much of what we know and we understand about the world that we're living in. 
as we speak, we are receiving downloads, 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 like literally. And these downloads are coming from the sun. The sun is coming. Remember a few months ago, and for those of you who were in Wish Magic, we talked about how our auric fields were changing. Our magnetic field is changing. And so literally we are getting new bodies. I'm not just talking about our physical bodies are changing. We know that's going to change. But our etheric bodies are changing. Our energetic bodies are changing. And as a result, everything is changing. The world that we see it now is going to be a whole new world here very shortly, very shortly. And every spiritual teacher on the planet, every being on the planet knows it. The animals know it. The children know it. Uh, you you understand this 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 is something that is known. This is something that is known. That all of this is changing. It's cha- it's changing in such a powerful way. Such a powerful way. And what many of you are feeling is what we would call ascension symptoms. And those ascension symptoms can range from everything from feeling extremely excited to being sad to feeling physical pains in your bodies. Some of you are experiencing ringing in the ear. You're having other symptoms such as waking up in the middle of the night or not being able to sleep, like totally having your your rhythm, your Arcadian rhythm thrown off. Yes, flu-like symptoms um, as well. Welcome on in, everyone. Let's get those likes up. Flu-like symptoms you're going to be having. Dreams, dreams you're going to be having disturbing dreams. Some of them are very, very disturbing dreams. And some of you will be having futuristic dreams. These are going to be dreams of the future, dreams of the future. And as we are shifting our bodies, right, because our bodies are changing. And not only is our bodies changing, and by the way, if you're getting flu-like symptoms, this is your DNA changing. Your physical DNA is changing. Our physical DNA is changing. And we're kind of mutating. You know, it's it's kind of like, you know, back in the day when we were kids and we were, well, we ain't got to be kids, but when we would watch cartoons, and I'm just going to give an example of the Hulk because he's one of those ones that went through great transformation. And whenever he was getting ready to turn into the Hulk, like he goes through this thing and he's just like, ah, and he's kind of ripping himself up. This is what's happening. Some people are experiencing chills and fevers. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't treat your physical symptom because you know that it is an ascension symptom, we still have to take care of our physical bodies. So we need to be doing things like making sure we're eating some of the most healthiest food available, those things that our bodies is calling for us to eat at this time, to nurture with healthy greens and, you know, some red grapes 
us and, you know, making sure that we're getting all of these balanced things in our diets, that we're eating the cleanest of cleans and, you know, blessing our foods before we eat them and making sure that we're only eating or consuming things when we truly feel that we are hungry and also making sure that we are drinking water. I'm going to put something out there for the water. I don't recommend, and this is something I talked about years and years and years. So if you're, if you've been around for a long time, you know, I recommend just regular filtered osmosis water. That's it. No alkaline water. I got a whole story I can talk about that. But again, do your own research. Anything that I tell you, do your own research on it. Do what feels right for you. Use discernment. Use your intuition. But no alkaline water. Absolutely, positively, no spring water. No spring water. Uh, There's only one spring water that I would recommend that is coming from a spring and only because I understand the efficacy that goes behind it and the intention of the spring water, and that is crazy water. Shots out if you know what crazy water is. I did a whole show on crazy water, Um, but if you know what crazy water is, I would recommend that, but I recommend no spring water, and the reason is because 90% of the spring waters around the world are not regulated, and they are not drilling down deep enough to get the spring water, so you're really getting, you're getting a whole bunch of things that is worse than what public water could ever be for most of the world for most of the world. The sources of those springs, those waters are not the pure spring waters that you think they are. And they don't alkaline well with the body. This is something Brother Bobby Hemet had spoke about as well. When we did a show together back in the day and we talked about this spring water, when it came to alkaline water, this was something that Mama Bert who they call her the mother physics of the mother mother of metaphysics because she was the very first person to pick up a camera and start recording lectures back in the day. I was introduced to Mama Burt. Um, and Mama Burt came on the show a couple of times. And when she came on the show, she talked about that alkaline water. And she shared the channel with me, Ashe, to her before her passing. And she told me what she understood and what spirit told her about that alkaline water. And also there was another sister, I can't think of her name, a doctor something. And she was big into this alkaline water. And what happens is, if you understand about science and biology and chemistry, again, do your own research on this. But there was a couple of things that I found out for people doing this alkaline water. Because see, when the body becomes too alkaline, that is not a healthy state of being. You can over-alkaline the body. The body has to have a balance. Everything has to have a balance. And so for a lot of people, they were over 
alkalining their body and it caused their organs and things to begin to shut down in their body. It was too much for the body to handle. And so I will share that with you. You all do your own research, um, but I will tell you I don't recommend that. I recommend drinking water with um, reverse osmosis uh, to talk about this. And I'm not the only one. You will hear a lot of people talk about the alkaline water. It used to be a very, very big thing, but not so big anymore. But it used to be a tremendous big thing. But I would not recommend that. But anyway, so for whatever you're experiencing at this time, know that I want you to make sure that you are infusing love into that. You are infusing gratitude with that. All of those things. Someone said, create a solution, said distilled water with added minerals. I would recommend that for a short period of time. It's an excellent thing if you want to slowly sort of kind of pull some toxins and phlegm out of the body, but it's not a sustainable, um, it's not sustainable in, in, in my just from what I know, I do recommend distilled water and adding the minerals in it. Um, but there, I, that's not necessarily a sustainable thing. That's a short period. I don't recommend spring water at all, at all. I don't, I don't recommend spring water at all and alkaline water. I do not, I do not. I just haven't seen it be effective with people, especially those I do the holistic readings for. I just have seen that it has caused more long-term things than it has caused good things. That's just for me, and I will share that with you, but you are free if it works for you. Hey, continue. Continue if it works for you, you know? But we got a lot to talk about. So all of these things, plus all of the dreams coming in. And again, I want to tell you all, thank you so much for sending your dreams in because it really made a difference. We're going to get some shots out here in just a moment because I do want to shout out the soul family in the building. Some of you I haven't seen in a long, long time, long, long time. And I'm glad to see you all as well. So, um, want to give a big shout out to the moderators. Shouts out to Brother Lance in the building, sending him so much love. Shouts out to Lola Falana in the building, sending her so much love. Also, shouts out to Mr. Dante, our other moderator here, uh, sending so much love. And to all of you guys, every single one of you, this it's going to be pretty mind-blowing when I share with you um, your dreams. And I'm going to share with you how this is fitting into what is happening on the planet right now. This is definitely going to be a big message for the moment such as now. Such as now. It's going to be, whoo, it's going to be good. If, I, if If we can pull it all together tonight, like I told you, I really wasn't, you know, hey, listen, 
Let me know. Let me know. So, um, yeah, so let me know, everyone who's in the Blue Room. We have more than 150 people here, and I thank you for joining us live. Please make sure that uh, you like and subscribe, and I want to say thank you to everyone who has been liking and subscribing um, as well. Make sure that we get those likes up, and uh, yeah, make sure we get those likes up to everyone. Everyone, so welcome on in 2024, 2024. Um, I'm going to give out a message. It was a channeled message. I'm going to give that channeled message out a little bit more, but I want you to think about this 2024 ordered chaos. And what I mean by ordered chaos is because we all know that this system that we have, this world that we have, it has to change. It has to change. Some years ago, I talked about how we need a new constitution. The constitution we have is not a constitution that is representative of all the people on the planet. And the constitution that we initially had is a constitution that was written from a very limited perspective and the world has not evolved itself since then and we even did an exercise where you guys were to write your own constitution and we have talked about that as well so we did a whole ritual and many of you have wrote in the Akashic records uh, the files that I have for the downloads in the Akashic records and you have wrote the new constitution in the records And so I'm excited to see how many of us who have wrote inside our Akashic records when we put out wishes, many of the things that we do on Planet Remix, it's not self-serving. We have always been about the collective. We have always been about the community. We have always been about humanity at large because this is what, I stand on, these are the values here of this unity of all of us coming together. And so it's always about thinking about the wholeness of everyone coming together and everyone bringing their uniqueness in. Now I understand for this push, because we're not in the age of Aquarius yet, but we are moving towards that direction. We are leaving the age of Pisces. And we are moving towards the age of Aquarius. And many of us, the work that we're doing now will be the legacy for generations to come later on. So we're literally laying the foundation for a world for those that will come behind us that will benefit from it. I'm not saying that we can't benefit from the things that we're doing. We absolutely can. But this is the time, like I told you all so many months ago, you have to cast your vote. You're not going to no longer be able to sit on the fence and stand by and watch life happen. It is required for those of us who have chosen this path. And I guess I can say it that way. We've kind of chosen this path. For us to walk forward and for us to be in the position where we are intentional 
about the things that we're doing. We're intentional about what we're putting out in the world. We're intentional about our creations and we're responsible at the same time. At the same time, we've always been responsible while growing up on planet Earth. I remember when my guides gave me that in spirit and I woke up from a very, very powerful vision and really otherworldly dream. And I knew we're growing up on planet Earth and we have to be responsible. And I heard that. And I took that calling in and I've taken it to heart, to spirit in everything that I've done to do my best to be responsible while growing up on planet Earth. And each and every single one of you here has joined me in that quest. And I am truly grateful, truly grateful that you have, you have. So, yeah. But really, this is about ordered chaos, and it's about all the work that we have been doing, and it's about can we now stand, can we stand on that work? Can we stand on the work that we've done within ourselves and not allow this ordered chaos that's going to be happening in the world? Because it's not just going to be in America. It's not just going to be in the Middle East. It's not just going to be in Russia. It's not just going to be in the Ukraine and other places around the world. But this is going to be the entire planet that is going to be going through some ordered chaos. Because now that we have the new world, we have ruins. And everybody know what ruins are. These are these are things that have crumbled. These are things that have fall, fallen. You know, the United States of America is in its Pluto return. And we know that the last time the Pluto return came, there was an evil. There was the civil war. Uh, there was unrest that was happening. So we have been in World War Three. We have been in World War III, but remember, the war is not going to be televised because that war was internal, and so many of us have been battling that internal war with ourselves. We have been deprogramming ourselves. We have been undoctrinating ourselves in each generation going all the way back from X, Y, Z, all of the generations that are coming forward, even to what they call the alpha children. But I don't call them alpha babies. I call them origin children. And everyone starting with generation Z. And I'm going to tell you why, if you consider yourself a millennial, a millennial, you're really a part of Gen Z. Gen Z goes all the way back to 1995, and I'm going to give you some spiritual facts in just a moment to tell you why you're still a part of Gen Z. Gen Z is the ones that's going to be stepping up and coming forward in a very big way. They have, but this is really the generation from 1995 all the way up until the year 2000 that is really making this push to bring us in the new world. And I know that many of us that fall into generation X or even further back than generation X, we are the star lights, star beams, and the star seeds 
be able to come forward, to be able to open the pathway, the doorway, so that Gen Z can come in and they can do their work and they can do their work. They can do their work. The goal here is we all have to maintain a different level of discipline, mental discipline, physical discipline, spiritual integrity, along with discipline. All of us. It is going to require all of us. Those structures of what we call discipline, those things are not going to be as effective anymore. Hence the reason why you're seeing me. Hence the reason why you're seeing me. And that's going to be very unique and different for each and every single one of us. But if you listen to that calling of your higher self of spirit, it's going to show you where you need to adapt a different level of discipline in your life. I'm not talking about discipline like whooping somebody's ass. I'm not talking about discipline like back in the day where you uh, destroy part of yourself in order for you to do what you need to do. But I'm talking about the discipline because you know that the rewards on the other side is well worth it. I'm talking about the discipline uh, that is filtered through compassion. It's filtered through love and it's filtered through non-judgment and it is filtered through a lens community and coming together. That kind of discipline, that kind of discipline that puts you in a holistic state of being, which is different than perhaps what we have understood discipline to be. Because when you're in a holistic state of being with your discipline, then you start to bring in and understand things about balance. You understand balance. And you also understand that you have to be responsible with the things that you are doing. You have to be responsible with yourself. You have to be responsible for everything that is connected to you. That includes the planet. That includes your sacred space. That includes the communities and groups that you are a part of. That includes a- a- absolutely everything, your food to the air that you breathe, the water you're drinking, how you're sourcing it, the things you're putting out in the world, all of these things. Now, some people may challenge, like, doesn't that sort of kind of put limitations on who you are? And that may feel like it is a limitation to some people. Because, again, some people want to live in a state of chaos. And it's, it's fine if that is your state of being. But we all know what eventually happens to chaos. We know what happens to it. So this is an opportunity for those of us who are feeling called to step up, to step more into our calling Uh, to step more into who we are and to begin to start stepping more into making a difference on the planet. Because I truly, truly feel that if you are here and you're listening to me and you're with our community here, then you are about making a difference. 
You know that you count. You know that you matter. You understand all of these things. So before I continue to go on, like I said, we may have a guest tonight and we may not. If we don't, that is fine. Um, We can continue on. Um, But I want to also talk about, I want to talk about this notion of the children. I want to talk about this notion of the children. And this notion of the children, first of all, shouts out to all the babies. Shouts out to all of the babies who is participating in the dream, in the astro dream magic. Um, To all of my babies that is doing that. And I'm definitely going to be doing some very, very special things for all of the children who participated in the astro class. And so um, I'll be, I'll be giving that information out for all of the children who participated in the astro class. But really in short, I could say a lot about that, but it really is time for us to grow up. It's an exciting time. We got a lot of things in front of us. We're going to have a lot of challenges in front of us. We're going to have a lot of things that may be demanding in front of us, but this is the opportunity because each and every single one of us has a solution that has a solution to this. We have a solution to it. And so a lot of this is going to be activations. So what's going to happen is these situations that are coming up, these um, trials, these tribulations, this chaos, we're going to, it's going to cause some people to come online. This is what's going on right now with all these CMEs. Hundreds and thousands of people. We have a powerful wave coming in and hundreds and thousands of people are waking up on the planet. And when I say waking up, they're waking up to the consciousness of knowing that there is more to life, more to themselves than they've known, more to this world. And they have wakened up to some of the untruths, the lies that we have been told, um, you know, uh, the things that have been pushed upon us, forced upon us in, in some places around the world, right? We have talked about it. And one of the things I see a lot in the Akashic Records, and I've talked about this for years, and many of you in the Akashic Record, you have firsthand experience from it from a past life is that, um, and through the reincarnation state, that's going to be a big topic on the planet up for debate, reincarnation. And I'm going to tell you why, but reincarnation is going to be up for debate. You're going to hear people talking about it. You're going to be able to turn anywhere. Uh, It doesn't have to be in some of our spiritual spaces. You're going to hear everyone from politicians. You're going to hear everyone talking about reincarnation. And this is because our DNA is getting an upgrade. And these are things that no longer can be denied. We're also going to be able to start to blend science with spirituality. Science and spirituality is merging, but it's merging in the sense where there are a group of people who won't believe what you say unless there is physical science to back it up. 
and we're switching, switching. We're switching our hemispheres around. And so what is happening is we're going to start having spirituality. We're going to start having science and we're going to need spirituality to back it up. See, you know, there's always a balance. And the hope is because of those of us who have been doing the work, we can bridge both worlds together and we can see them simultaneously. There are some things that science can show you and science um, can prove it. There's many things that we have known, our ancestors have known, and those of us who study the spiritual arts and the spiritual science, we know that the proof is not necessarily what is on the outside. And what is breaking down this wall of illusion, this veil of illusion, is that so many lies that have been told on the planet from who discovered what to who uh, has done what to what is really going on with our food, what is really happening in our school systems, what is really going on with our medication and uh, what is going on with our health, what is happening with wars, um, what our leaders are doing at a global scale, we have seen have been untruths. And so it is forcing people who are not aware that they have to learn that even though we have someone who might be the leader of a country, um, a leader of a school or a leader or have a particular title, that that doesn't mean that you stop trusting yourself. Who remembers the show I did even before Twitter changed their name? And I told you never forget X. X is you. And now we're hearing all kinds of things about X. They're even coming out with, I don't want to say the word because I don't want them to flag us, but they're even coming out with another situation like we had during the shutdown. And they're calling this X. And they're utilizing these powerful symbols again, because they want you to think that when you start to remember the higher understanding of what these symbols are, that you will see the lower understanding of it and it will make you run away. It will make you run away. So when you think about X, you're not going to be remembering what we talked about on Planet Remix and what Miss Blue told you about X but you're going to start thinking about something terrible about X. And therefore you start to drop your vibration. And the more that you drop your vibration, the more that you lose your spiritual powers and the more that you have less connection to the collective, the more that you go back into fear and uh, all of that. All of that. And you go back into fear. You go back into fear. And this is the last thing in the world that you need to do. This is the last thing. But even if you are in a state of fear, remember, you can use that as fuel. You can begin to use that as fuel. That fear is fuel. It's fuel. 
And the other thing that I'm going to keep telling you and I'm going to keep stressing to you is whenever you are giving, I want you to think of it this way, wherever you are giving your energy and attention to, that's almost like you sending money. It's like you pouring in all of your resources. It's like you giving all of the best of who you are. It's like you are taking the most precious parts of you, even more precious than money. You are giving it to it. And it is causing it to grow. It is causing it to grow. So we have to be intentional about those spaces, those places, and those things that we are watching, that we are supporting, that we are connecting ourselves to, what we are doing. It doesn't matter if no one sees you. So we got to get out of that. Well, I'm using another name. And so no one knows that I am here. Energy doesn't lie. And everyone has a energetic fingerprint, just like your fingerprints are totally different all over the world. Everyone has a energetic fingerprint. Mm. Everyone has a energetic fingerprint that is unique. There is no one else in the world that share that, even if you are twins, even if you are twins. It is not going to share that same print. It's not going to be there. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Never. It's never going to be the same. So know that. So absolutely know that. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome on in. Let's let's do a round of shots out to everyone who is here so we can um we can give a shot out i'm still trying to see we may or may not have a guest tonight um i'm not i'm not sure i don't see anyone so Mm -hmm. i don't see my special guest but i'm gonna let you know what's going on and we're gonna go from there but um Yeah, we're going to get ready to do a shout out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to talk more about dreams and I'm going to, ooh, I'm going to share with you all the channel. And first of all, I want to give a big, big shout out to the goddess Rainwater in the building. Shout out to you, Rain. Love you so much. Geo is in the building and Mama Gail, sending you both so much love. Brittany Vines is in the building who just celebrated a born day. Happy born day to all the Aquarians in the building. Shouts out. Shouts out to everyone. Kinetic Killer is in the house. Welcome on in to the Kinetic Killer. Oh, my goodness. Welcome on in. We got Griffin. Let us know who you are, what city, what state, what country you're representing, and welcome on in. Let's see. Lola Falana in the building. Welcome in. Our moderator, Journey, is in the building. Good to see you, Journey. Welcome on in. Zara is here. Welcome on in. Griffin, representing Jamaica, is in the building. Welcome on in, Marjorie. 
Lady Grace is having a birthday on the 29th. Her 29th birthday, it will be, oh my goodness, she will be 88 years young. Shouts out to Lady Grace, sending her so much love. Zara is in the building, representing Canada in the house. Welcome on in. Let's see. Let's see. Welcome on in to Karmic. Karmic is in the building. Karmic Evolution. Welcome on in. Doodle Wilson is welcoming, is is welcoming, is representing Mount Vernon, New York. Welcome, welcome, welcome on in. Let's see. Uh, Kitten is representing Dallas, Texas. Welcome on in. Kentucky Goddess is representing Louisville. Welcome on in. Welcome on in. Ashley is representing Houston. Welcome on in. Chrissy is in the building. Welcome in. Ashley H. is representing Orlando, Florida. Welcome on in. Lola Falana is representing Chicago. Welcome in. Christine is in the building representing the Bay Area. So good to see you, Christine. Welcome, 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 welcome. Oh, Rosalie is in the building. My baby will be 16 on the 29th. They share a birthday with Oprah Winfrey. Shouts out to all of the babies on the 29th. We have Julius. Julius representing Westminster in the building. Tramel representing Florida in the building. The Gold Eagle 99. Illinois right now is where he is representing. And Gold Leaf is representing Georgia. Welcome on in. We have Nakia representing, I think I said it right. Nikki representing Mississippi. Welcome on in. Prakila or Prakila, no, Nefertiria representing Mississippi. Welcome on in. Erica representing Chicago. Doreen is in the building. Welcome on in, Doreen. So good to see you. The Triple Goddess London is representing London in the house. Welcome on in. Glinda Smiley is representing New Jersey in the building. Welcome on in. Mar- Why well, can't say it? Maria or Marissa. Right? Marissa. Maria is representing New York City, NYC. Brittany Vice, North Carolina, Fearless Fish, Brooklyn, my birth city in the building. Kawama, Kawami is representing Guyana or Ghana in the building. Welcome on in, Ganda, Guy, Guyana. I can't even talk. Michelle is representing the ATL. Welcome in. We just got a wealth of people representing. I. I'm a G is representing Cincinnati. Nakiba is representing the ATL. Oh, my goodness. Welcome on in, everyone. 
Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Planet Remix Radio. I am Miss Blue, the Soulful Oracle. Yeah. Welcome on in. Welcome on in. Sis Donna Lee is in the building. Is she? I didn't see Priestess Donna Lee. Where is Priestess Donna Lee? She in the building? Hmm. I didn't see her. But welcome in. There she is. Greetings, Priestess Donna Lee. Welcome, 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 everybody. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, as we get ready to kick off the show, I told you all that we would have a guest that is joining us in the building. And uh, I don't know if our guests can come to the building. They haven't they haven't responded to my email or my information. So let's see. Let's see if we can let's see if we can do this. Let's see if we can do this. Let's see if we can do this. Oh, we got Toronto. Um we got Ohio, Toledo, Ohio in the building. The goddess Rainwater is in the building. Shouts out to the goddess Rainwater always. Let's see. I'm just pulling up some information here. Jamaica Melanin. Magic in the building representing Jamaica. Jamaica. Let's see. All right. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I'm just pulling up some information here, you guys. Let's see. All right, so it's a couple of announcements. I'm just gonna tell you all about the announcements, and we're gonna we're gonna get started from there. Hopefully, we do get our guests to come on. I just need to know where they are tuning in from, so I can make sure that I have all systems ready to go. And uh, hmm. Well, first of all, I want to talk to you about this because this is something that is going to be pivotal before us um, here um, and some of the things that we uh, are going to be diving into. We're going to get into the dreams, but I want to tell you about one of our soul family members, and I'm not sure if um, we can get her to come on, but I want to talk about Priestess Donna Lee. And some of the work that Priestess Donnelly is doing. She has a very special event that's going to be going on tomorrow. And definitely um, want to invite everyone and a part of the soul family to come on to be a part of. And let me let me get to my let me get to my notes here. So we can talk about this, but Donna Lee, as you guys know, 
you know, many years ago, we talked about the Renaissance and we talked about how so many from Planet Remix would be doing so many amazing things. And Donna Lee is a artist. She's a multidimensional artist. She's a priestess. Um, as with one of the many titles that she holds, but she truly, truly invokes magic into her artistry um, with a love for all of the arts. Um, She's a poet as well, a writer, a creator, an amazing mother, a very, very sacred and powerful woman. Uh, It's an honor for me to have worked with her um, in the priestesshood and to be a part of self-invested and to be a radio herself and her whole family. Well, she has a very special project uh, that is coming out. And I'm telling you, it could not be more magical. It could not be more powerful. And it could not be in more perfect alignment. Uh, If you go to my Instagram story, and those of you who have, you will see her latest project, and she's going to be doing a studio spotlight, and that studio spotlight is going to be happening where she's going to be launching her own creative art studio, and Donna Lee hopefully can come on, and she's going to share more with you, but this is going to be going on Sunday, January the 29th at 3 p.m. And I'm thinking that 3 p.m. is going to be Eastern Standard Time. And she's going to be premiering and really taking you into her world. Because if you know anything about Donna Lee Art, and I have many of her pieces from her Star Seeds, from her Sankofa, from many of the things that she has created, produced, um, has worked with, has taught, Uh, It really is transformative art. There is no way that you can look at, be in the presence, touch, or be a part of anything that she doesn't do, that it doesn't just transcend and transform you and really just sort of bring you into your own magic. So I want to put this out there and let you all know uh, that Priestess Donna Lee is going to be doing her studio spotlight. It's going to be Sunday, January the 28th. It's going to be at 3 p.m. And it's going to be on Instagram. So this is what's going to be on Instagram. So you can attend this from anywhere in the world. And the Donna Lee's Instagram, it's going to be at 3 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. The Instagram name is, I'm going to spell it, it's J-U-N-A-B-A-G-U-S underscore art. I'm going to put it in the blue room. And so make sure that you not only go and follow But you also, you know, just kind of tune in so we all can, you know, be a part of this, you know, monumental moment of Donna Lee and really get to hear from an artist. You know, a lot of times there's a lot of art that we admire from all over the world, a lot of art that we admire from all over the world. But when we see this art, usually the artist is not there to tell you the story. The 
artist is not there to let you into their creative process. The artist is not present, so it can show you what really inspired them or if you have a question or even for us to be able to share with them, to even share with them what we're getting from the art. Usually this is an afterthought and we are moving in a time where we need to start celebrating each other in the moment, celebrating life. You know, this is one of the messages the ancestors brought through. They said, yeah, definitely celebrate us, but can you celebrate, could could y'all start celebrating each other while you're still alive? Can you start celebrating and supporting? Donna Lee has been a part of Planet Remix for a long time. She's even come on and done a show before, and it's always truly an honor. I want to see, Donna Lee, are you able to... Get on the phone lines right now. If not, no worries. But if you are able to come on, I would love for you to come on and just speak to everyone and really share more with us about your event. Let me know if you're going to be calling in. I sent you a message. Check your IG and you can let me know if you're able to come on because we would absolutely love that. We would love that. Mm -hmm. So make sure you all like, follow, support, and let's all show up for tomorrow so that we can connect with Donna Lee and, um, and excited, excited to see the unveiling of Sophia because it's going to be amazing. And you can also get a glimpse of everything that's going on by going over to Donna Lee's page and you're on the phone line. Okay. So you're going to have to somehow text me because there's so many people. I don't know what number you're calling from, you know, unless you just want to give me the first three, if you're okay with that, giving me the first three or either emailing me to let me know so I can find you because I don't see you. I mean, from what I think I'm seeing you, but that could be different. So let me know. Did you press one, Donna Lee? Let's see. We're going to bring Donna Lee on. So um, okay, so I don't see that number. Um, did you press one? Press one for me, Donna Lee. If you press one, unpress one, and then press one again, because I don't see that number, unless the number is coming up private, but I don't see that number. I see a lot of numbers, but I don't see that number. Okay, I'm going to go here. Let me see. Greetings. Hello? I don't see that number. Is that the area code, Donna Lee, for? Okay. Let me not be special. Greetings, Hi. Donna Hey. I had to, you made me use my intuition to find you. 
<laughs> Here I am. Here I am. You're making your head priestess work like this. <laughs> you know why? Because I was trying to listen on my cell phone, and then I picked up my oh. other phone, which was my work phone, to try and call in. Okay, so I was okay. double duty, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, she's not going to know my work phone number." Right. So I so have I'm to calling you. I was like, "That's okay. We got you." <laughs> I had I had to I had to just go in and get that get that number. I'm like, let me just oh, channel oh. this. Let me just channel it. First of all, Donna Lee, I want to say welcome. Hold on a second. I'm going to pin this Thank comment I put so that everybody can know. Where is my comment? Oh, we had so many comments. I'm going to put your, um, or maybe one of the moderators can put your Instagram. We're going to give out Instagram information. We're going to give out all of that good jazz. So you will be able to connect with Donna Lee um, and we'll be able to get that, get that information. First of all, Donna Lee. Congratulations. Oh my goodness. I have been waiting. I've been waiting to get my little bring. <laughs> I am so excited and thank you so much for um coming on and um Thank you for having yeah. me. Thank you for having yeah. me. That was such a beautiful yeah. introduction, Miss Blue. Oh my goodness. Oh, so true, Ooh. so true. So tell us about this project you're working on. Oh, Tell goodness. us about it. Okay. So, wow. So 2023 has been amazing, especially October, November, December, moving right into January. And this beautiful piece I have that I want to share with everybody tomorrow, her name is Sophia. I mm. actually finished Sophia in 2015. And wow. it was inspired by a remix show, Miss Blue. Mm. Both yourself and Brother Bilal were on the show, and it was about duality. And it was Mm, the first time I was really sitting with this topic of duality. And it was something that I really, really started to dive into. Um, And as I was listening to the show, like I do with many, how many of my pieces are created, is listening to the remix show. Um, I remember a few years before 2015, I had said, I want to be a Planet Remix scribe. I want to be an artist documents the beauty and the magic and the growth that one can have being a part of this show. Wow. So this is the first, the first finished piece that I mm-hmm. can really document my growth, my Mm. awakening in this work. Mm. And if you look at it, I I actually finished painting it in December. Um, Just added some final finish touch, final finishing touches um, a couple days ago, but it really was completed in December. 2015 to 2023 is eight years. Yes. Wow. Wow. And mm-hmm. then we're going into this beautiful, you know, eight vibration year. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there were so many beautiful signs and messages in this piece. 
And the fact that spirit was talking to me back in 2015, this whole transformation that I've gone through and this whole growth and my lessons um, across the eight years and that it took eight years for me to really awaken to where I am right now um, is just an amazing journey. So it's a Mm -hmm. testament. It's a testament for being a part of this beautiful platform and the lessons and the wisdom gained. And my art um, is an archive for me to Mm -hmm. show me my growth. It is a conversation with my subconscious mind. My subconscious, as we know, speaks in signs and symbols. But I couldn't read the work. I couldn't Mm -hmm. read my own work. And I have several pieces that I meditate on and I'm trying to read the work. This Beautiful. is the first time wholeheartedly I've come full circle with the work. And mm-hmm. I it's because I've done the inner work. That's right. That's right. That's right. Powerful. So I'm so proud of myself. So out of so so the topic is the beauty. Find beauty in every mm-hmm. challenge of your life. That's it right. might be a difficult challenge, but I oh, can yeah. promise you that there's something to learn and grow through it. Yes, it is. And yeah. I am an example of that. And I know I get emotional when I'm talking about it, but I feel so proud to be able to have a body of work and now have an understanding that this is what my work is. Yeah, teaching me my own lessons. The thing yes. that I was seeking has been right in front of my Always. face the whole time. Always. What do I say? The work that we want to do so much for the world is what we need to learn for ourselves. What you oh are seeking goodness. is seeking you. It's looking for you. It's I'm looking not even for ready. you. <laughs> not even I love ready it. for myself, honey. I okay. love it. Mm-hmm. I and I have it. to tell you that um, another beautiful part of it is this uh, futuristic uh, daily flow. <sighs> the daily flow, the daily mm. flow. You got to know the daily flow. <laughs> yes, yes. It yes. is the daily flow that even helped me come up with the concept Studio Spotlight on wow. IG for 2024. I wrote that yeah. on my creation list. Um, wow. And... I'm working with all the action steps. So I'm just so grateful mm. for mm. this beautiful daily flow. If y'all don't know, you need to know the daily flow. Wow. Okay. Wow. wow. So I yes. just wanted to big you up for that. Mm. I'm, I'm loving it, uh, Miss Blue. It's really keeping me in alignment, keeping me high, thinking, mm. looking for my words. Sometimes when I don't have the sheet in front of me, I find myself yes. writing on a piece of paper. And then go and go put that in the signs and symbols. Not only that's got to be by the three wishes. You got to reach out to so and so. Um, My um, my Zen zone. Oh yeah. Self love. Yes. Um, You know. So I'm making notes all over the place, um, and then and then filling them in after. It is a wonderful addition um, to my life. So I just wanted to share that. 
with you and invite everybody out tomorrow. Yes. I'm very excited. Um, there, you guys. We have got to be there. Donnelly, I'm going to be there. Yeah. I posted it on Thank my story, but I'll go back and Thank you. also do a post. But again, everyone, and for those of you who may be listening only on the phone, because we have hundreds on the phone lines as well, and mm-hmm. for those who are unseen world, it is at, if you go to Instagram, J-U-N-A-V-A-G-U-S underscore A-R-T, art. And you will be able to find Donnelly. You'll be able to find yes. Donnelly and yes. you'll be able to find yes. her page. You'll be able to find it and just make sure you subscribe when you go over there, you guys, to Donnelly. Subscribe to her page and follow it. Because then you'll get a notification when she goes live. So if you're tomorrow, if the time starts to go away from you, you'll get that notification uh, that's going to be there. So, Donnelly, I love you, and I thank you so much. Thank you so much for this moment. I appreciate it. Oh, you're so, so welcome, so welcome. And thanks for reaching out and letting me know. I know we're going to have a lot to talk about. I have a lot of things I want to share with you. As soon as I seen Sophia, it just, ooh, it just, (laughs) and uh, as you continue to keep listening to the share tonight, you're going to see how in perfect alignment this is, even before you even let me know about Sophia, even before I even got the channel way before any of us was even born in this incarnation. Uh, so I have some powerful Yes, that's why I said perfect alignment. Oh. I didn't get a chance to see your email, but Spirit led me there and said, you absolutely have to uh, figure this out, figure this out and do it. Because I was going to wait to do the show because just just a lot of things, you know. Um, but spirit just really just sort of kind of cleared the path and green light means go, you know, this is one of the things I share with you all. So I had to do it tonight. So you definitely will see how this is all tied together in such a powerful way. I'm excited. I'm excited. Well, give me some more sparkles, Miss Blue. Give yes, me, get, get me going for tomorrow, honey. Uh, there you go. Yes, girl. I felt that. Yes, honey. <laughs> I know. We Remix love this. Family, sparkles. I love you. I love you guys. I love you guys. Thanks, Miss Blue. Are, you're welcome. They are all sending you so much love, and I'm sending you and the family so much love, Donna Lee. Hold the line. Hold the line. Thank okay. Bye, guys. Bye. Oh, how powerful. Priestess Donna Lee, everyone. Definitely excited. So, yeah. So now that brings us to, and by the way, I'm going to be talking about some of your dreams. And I'm going to take you back because what happened is Spirit gave me a vision, gave me some information that initially when I got the information, I really didn't know. Um, the unfoldment of it, which is okay, because a lot of times when channels and things are coming in, and what I love when I get channels like this is that when I'm having readings, one-on-one readings with people, they give me the collective pieces that go along 
with the theme of the week, the month of the week. They answer questions indirectly. So you guys answered questions indirectly about things that Spirit is giving me to put together. And I love that because it's such a collective effort. And so Donna Lee reached out to me, matter of fact, yesterday, but I didn't see the email till pretty late because I was working and doing some other things. And once I've seen it, I just smiled because I was really thinking I should push this show back maybe about another two weeks because I wanted to do it justice. Um, You know, sometimes it's not so much about what is the world's timing, but it is the spiritual timing that really matters most for me. But I also know that I'm being held to a different level of accountability. And so I said, I don't want to come on. I don't really want to do this show if, 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 if I don't feel like I have all the pieces or things together. But it was time. It was time. And right before I was going to make that last decision, the doorbell rang. And I will talk about what role UPS played in this as well. So in order for us to start this story, we have to go back. We kind of got to go way back. We kind of got to go back to almost the 1800s. And during this time in the 1800s, and if you want to know the place that we're in, we're in the Americas in the 1800s. And we're going back to the 1800s around the time, close to the time when the president, Abraham Lincoln, um, was about to become president. And the reason this is going to be significant is because I was actually laying in the bed and I was sleeping, sleeping, and I was listening to some classical music and um, just kind of vibing out. So I was in between being awake and being asleep. And my guides kind of showed up. And I know whenever my guide showed up, shows up and they kind of just kind of hover around me, that it really is something I need to stop what I'm doing. I need to pay attention. So immediately I sat up in the bed and I got very, very still. And what appeared in front of me was a man. And this man standing in front of me had something in his hand that he was holding and he reached it out to give it to me. I picked it up, and when I picked it up in my hand and I was holding it, when I turned around, it was a star. And it wasn't any kind of star, but it was a star that looked like it had been weathered. Uh, It was a star that looked like it had a little sparkle to it, Um, but the star also had like it had been underwater. Um. So I was holding the star and I remember holding the star and looking at the star and he began to start telling me his story. And we had a conversation. We had a very heart to heart conversation about his life, who he was, and that he wanted his story to be told. Now, many of you know that there used to be some series that I would do very often. And that is, I would do stories and I called this series, this is many, many years ago. It was called The Ancestors Speak. 
or the, yeah, the ancestors or speaking with the ancestors. This is some of the more famous shows that's gotten millions and millions of views um, and downloads of people all over the world uh, who listen to this show. And it's still in the archives. And this show was um, called Sisters of Transformation. And I want to say welcome. We have the Fiji um, Islands in the building. So welcome everyone from all over the world. Listen. And many of you remember when I did that show, Sisters of Transformation, when um, the channel came through and I talked about these four sisters who woke me up in the middle of the night, one of them being Ida B. Wells. Uh, and the other one was um, uh, Ida B. Wells and Madam C.J. Walker and two other sisters that woke me up and said that their stories needed to be told. But the main sister who the information was surrounded about was the sister Ida B. Wells. And so we did a spirit quest. We did a live spirit quest where people came from all over the world. And we went into what was known as the Red Records, Sojourner Truth, absolutely one of the sisters as well, the spiritual mystic Sojourner Truth herself. She was a Christian woman, but she was a seer and she was a mystic and she was very much unapologetic. And everyone who did that or listened to that show and did the spirit quest, no matter what their background, white, black, Asian, Puerto Rican, Spanish, no matter where they came from in the world, we even have people as far as Russia, Belgium, you know, Japan, everywhere all over the world that did it. They all had remembrance of being in a past life or they were transported to that particular past life. It's a very emotional show. People came through and they were all, some of them saying similar things. They could tell the clothes they were wearing. They could tell whether they were black or white. They could tell what part of the country they were in. Uh, they were telling what they witnessed. And so many people had so many breakthroughs on that show. And I have a book that I keep. And in that book, I keep all of my records of when the ancestors come through. I don't always share them. Uh, some of them are not to be shared, shown, shared at this particular time, but I am a good student, student, like I tell all of you, to document. We have to be scribes, and I have written these things down, and I have documented these things down, and um, yeah, so I tell you all this for those who know that this is sort of that same kind of vibe that I got. And so as I'm sitting there listening to him tell his story and he's giving me, the only thing he's given me is a star. And I have this star and my other guides come through. And when my other guides come through, my other guides are telling me that, listen, you're going to get this message, but because of the way that this message is going to come through, you, I want you to go to the collective and the collective is going to validate what you've seen, what I've told you, what this gentleman has told you, and it's time for you to go on a quest. And many of you know that many, many years ago, um, I came up what I officially have coined as a quest. 
And this is a cross between really doing those things of what we call meditation and also visualization infused with a whole lot of magic that causes a lot of transformative energy uh, to happen within people. I've seen people do great things and we have gone in the past. We have taken trips to Egypt. We have been to the tops of um, the mountain, Mount Shasta. We have traveled all over the world during spirit quest. People have been able to meet their ancestors and the priestess had, the priestess have been able to meet their inner priestess, see their past lives when they were uh, in ancient Egypt, all of these things. But I kind of, with this particular spirit quest, I knew that I had to come to you all to get those pieces because I know that like myself doing the work that all of you listening, whether you're a new listener or whether you have been listening for a very, very long time, that you would be able to put those pieces together. And my golly, did you. Now, I want you to forgive me. I will go back. And if you know that you are the one who sent me this story, um, you know, this particular dream. And I wasn't looking for any dream. I was looking for dreams in a particular time frame and that would have been from the last show that we did from 24 to 48 hours I wanted to know a dream the very first person that I spoke to with a dream was a brother and he told me he had a dream and this brother uh, who told me about his dreams very very close friend of mine said that he had a dream and in this dream he was um at this event, it was a large event, and at this large event that he was at, he said they were walking around and they were looking at some artifacts, and as they were walking around looking at these particular artifacts, they had a guide, and the guide was sharing with them these different artifacts and telling them information about a lot of these artifacts. They came to one particular artifact, and it was a man. And this man was dressed in clothing that almost looked like Asian clothing, had a particular headdress on, and was dressed in some weird clothing, holding some weird objects. And everybody was so fascinated by this particular artifact. And when they looked at it, he asked the guide, what was the name of the, the, the statue, the artifact? And the guide said, the name of the statue is called the Senator. Now, hold that thought, because in total, I had about 11 to 12 people who mentioned within that 24 to 48 hour window, that that they had a dream, and in the dream, they mentioned the name Senator. Senator. So hold that name. I want you to hold that name very close. Somebody keep notes for us that the Senator. And I said, the Senator? I said, he said, I don't know, but they kept saying that that was the senator. And when I held the senator in my hand, I went to pick it up, even though the guide said not to touch it, and it broke. It broke in half. 
And after the senator um, broke in half, I was like frantic because I'm thinking here is this sacred object. It's an artifact. I'm not supposed to be touching it and I'm touching it and it broke. But then I went to go see another man. And when I went to go see another man that was also in the facility in the same building we were in, the man said to me, hey, I'm going to help you put this back together. Hold that note. The man said, I'm going to help you put that back together. And the man said, here, he tried to repair it. He tried to put it back together, but he couldn't. He couldn't. But the man said, here you go. Here's another one. Here's another one. And there was a whole row of this senator, uh, of the senator that was dressed in what appeared to be some sort of Asian outfit. It was given Eastern descent um, in its dressing, in, in, in how the statue was dressed. And so he gave him another statue. He took the statue and placed it back so no one would know, and he woke up. So shortly after that particular dream, I went into the text group, and I sent a message out, and many of you remember, and I said, hey, have any dreams last night? Do you all remember that? I said, you have any dreams? And I got some pretty interesting dreams that came back. I'm going to read one from here. I'm only going to tell you guys his first name because I, you know, I didn't get everybody's permission, but this dream is from Kevin and everyone knows who Kevin is. He's been a part of Planet Remix for a very long time. Uh, His dear beloved is Priestess Jasmine. And he said, last night I had a dream that I met a female senator or congresswoman, he said, and my job was to teach her about artificial intelligence. Hold that thought. And the more I tried to explain to her, the angrier, uh, to explain to her the anger, the angrier she got. And finally, I calmed her down by saying we would change the date And at a later time, I'll meet her and sit with her and teach her, teach her slowly one-on-one, and then she can give her opinion. And she agreed to meet with me. And then she said, I got, then he said, I got the sense that other people knew that I love technology and I'm an early adopter. So they sent me into her office to be the person to try to explain with her. And so I want you to hold that dream, hold that dream. So now we have another dream about a senator. But in this particular dream, the senator is a woman. So this is someone else having a dream within the same 24 to 48 hours, but this is a senator. And so I want to go to the next dream. Okay. Okay. So we're going to go to this next dream. Mm. Let me see if I can get it. Okay. All right. So this next dream is, I'm just going to say the letter T because I didn't get the person's permission to share this dream, but it says the past two nights of dream, I was at an airport and this time uh, the dream 
last night at X um uh, X had made made at me and a current man. It was the ex someone and and a current man. She says, fight breaks out and now there is all out war between them. And hold on, you guys, I'm sorry. They must have been doing my thing using text to talk. And it says, um, it says, when there is no choice, I ironically, the ex and current are now the same person. So it's like her ex and the current become the same person. She said, um, I traveled on the train to the stop where I lived as a child and note is passed to me about the war. I go to an old apartment and a girl comes out to show me. I, I, a ch- a, go where I lived as a child. I go to the apartment and a girl goes out to show, show me a box of Louis Vuitton. She says it's hard making a choice. I says there's no choice. She proceeds to take the fishnet nude color shoes one with the bow and one with the star. Make note of the star. I try on the star and then I see your shows. Shoes are pretty. And then I say your shows are your shoes are pretty. And she replies, there is too much heel. Then off to then she goes off to catch a flight at the airport ahead of the flight scheduled like two hours. I then decide to go sit outside on the park bench and now on a park bench and out of nowhere, a person smoking causes a commotion with people and they start to scramble. We, um, we start to scramble. I'm sorry, you guys, I'm trying to get this starts to scramble. People start going towards the window. It's, it's a tropical place. Because of its setup, the first guy tries to close the window so we would not get in. As in random people, I get in. Now the flight is approaching and I'm like, oh, I'm like I need a phone or a person to call to get on my flight. My daughter appears on the phone and says, no worry, my dad is picking me up. I wake up at 614 and it's a late start to the day. So I want to give you that dream because in this dream, I want you to see the star again. Uh, she talks about the star. She talks about the luggage and she talks about the two stars and she talks about the two men. So I'm not going to go on because there were so many more. If any of the uh, more of the dreams come up, I will mention those dreams. But I wanted to show you guys all that dream. Someone else sent me a dream. Um, Wait a minute. I think I got to go to my email to get this dream. And this dream from Oh, oh, Sheila. Because I remember hers as well. And I want to go to her dream real quick. And see. 
If I can find it, if I can't, let me see. Uh, I'm going to see if I can find her dream. (laughs) There she is. I'm going to see if I can find your dream because I want to show you guys how all of this is connected. When I tell you mind-blowing, mind-blowing, but I love doing this kind of work. I love when we get together collectively. And I said I would do more of showing you guys how these things are all interconnected with each other. So I'm going to try to find a couple of more dreams. I know I said. And I just got a message from Dr. Jasmine Green. And she said she's in D.C. right now. And she says, and I met a man a gentleman who works for the U.S. Senate, and he's a white man. I want you to hold that. Thank you, Dr. Jasmine, because, see, she knows this is a part of that. And if any of you have anything that happened within 24 to 48 hours of me telling this story, it's connected as well, too. So I want you all to know real-time magic so we can get it. I'm going to see if I can find where is her dream trying to find O.O. Sheila's dream. <sighs> Give me a minute. I think I went too far. Um, anywho, I'm going to keep looking for it. Anyway, in O.O. Sheila's dream, she talks about... Here it is. I got it. Here it is. She says, um, I was at home slash library. It seems like I have chosen or volunteered to honor women in the family. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. Specifically, my mother and her sister at a dinner or a holy day celebration. It felt like a festivity. I know specifically it was for my mom and her sister, Rosetta. She says, I ran into so many familiar folks, friends, and family, but most not from this lifetime and some from this lifetime, but I knew everyone in the house slash library, even the people from my childhood neighborhood. There was so much to drink as far as juice, soda, and water. This was someone's house, a library, but we were all comfortable and waiting to eat. But it seems like the dinner or the meal was to be served tomorrow. It was so many people and they were familiar and unfamiliar. I recall two big family football player men and they were kind. Then I remember sitting at a table with multiple women speaking directly with one. And I got to talk about how I don't want no men, honey, (laughs) and how I'd rather not be bothered with relationships and all the drama they bring. And we were laughing and agreeing. The more I seen people familiarizing in the library home, the more they left shit around that was supposed to be for the feast and the dinner and celebration. 
but nobody was putting anything away or cleaning. So I decided to clean up because I knew my mom wouldn't want to eat anything from a place that was cluttered, dirty, and not wiped down. Right when I was ready to get up and started cleaning, there was a special delivery messenger that came through the small door. It had a sign to get the message. I had a sign something to get the message or whatever she was dropping off. She was a tall white lady, looked exactly like Alice from Mel's Diner, the TV show. She was sending something special for Bubba, and I signed for him because Bubba, Bubba is my grandfather, my mother's father. She went back out the door to get the delivery. It was like a special small door with the library, and I was waiting for her to bring it back so I could open it. In my mind, I knew Bubba wasn't there, but on, on behalf of, his, of being his granddaughter, I would open it. I all uh, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I realized I was alone. Everyone had faded and disappeared. I got real tight and claustrophobic feeling. It felt like the library was closing on me. It felt like I was falling deeper and sinking into the library. I started to feel like I was being buried alive because I remember how deep in the library I went and then I woke up. I had a dream this morning, and I kept falling back into the dream all morning. Another dream I remember I fell back into was that what I felt, what it feels like. I hope I'm saying you're right, oh, oh, Sheila, but, you know. Um, she says um, that it felt like the dream that there was no start and no end. I jumped right in and synchronized. From whatever moment shown up, I was walking across the forestry land and I heard a tune of a song. There was a farmer who had a dog and bingo was his name. Oh, B-I-N-G-O, B-I-N-G-O, and bingo was his name. Oh, and she says, and then I woke up again. This morning, I am overwhelmingly sleepy and I drifted back to sleep. So. I want you to hold that thought about the tall woman coming in, bringing a gift. Um, Also about her being sort of in a library or a building there with lots of people. I I want you guys to put this together and then, you know, you all who sent your, um, um, but um, you all who also, um, you all who also participated, you'll be able to um, you'll be able to uh, go back and, and 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 check that too. You'll be able to check. You know what I'm trying to say. You know what I'm trying to say. I just had to write a note down really really quick. So um, so let's continue on. So I have all of these pieces. I have this man and I have this star that he is telling me and he's telling me about his life he's telling me about his story and he's very very emotional and about his story and he's saying to me miss blue you know you have to tell my story it's so much in my story at this particular time that i want you uh to be able to tell my story and so 
after putting all of the pieces together, I figured out who the man was. And I'm going to tell you this. It wasn't easy because it wasn't a place that I was kind of looking. But once I figured out who the man was and figured out what his role was, I understood why at this time it meant so much for his story to be told and for people to know who this ancestor is and his contribution to uh, his contribution to the world, contribution to what is going on right now and us stepping in. Well, we're already in this new era, but really for what 2024 has to offer, what it has to offer, what 2024 has to offer and us moving towards 2025 and also 2026. So that brings me to the next point. Hold on. I just got to pull up some notes here. I apologize. So, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so after studying um, all of the notes and pulling everything together, I realized that the gentleman who was speaking to me was a former slave, a former slave in the Americas at the time before the Civil War. And he was from South Carolina, his original home, is that he was from South Carolina. And his family in South Carolina, he came from a pretty large family in South Carolina. And the area that I'm getting is the area around Charleston, South Carolina. Um, And I only knew that because originally my mother's family is from South Carolina, um, more towards the Myrtle Beach area, but I have family who is near Charleston and other parts of South Carolina. So I'm pretty familiar with what that territory feels like when I'm in that land. So as I'm walking through the Akasic records and kind of going through this story to sort of put it together, it takes me back to South Carolina and it takes me back to the time of slavery. And during this particular time in slavery, he and his family worked for and was on a plantation, but he was not doing sharecropper work. He was a metal smith. smith uh, that's what you call it. And so he was trained to do things such as, you know, he was a sculptor. He could sculpt things. Um, he was a mason. He could work with the bricks and uh, um, building things. He was very, very handy at it as a young boy. And he was an artist. He could draw like no one's business. He could paint. And anything that had to do with taking 
meadow and transforming it or painting or drawing something. He was amazing at it. And he was a brilliant businessman. In fact, so good at understanding numbers and understanding things, understanding signs and symbols that he was able to speak um, at these private meetings that the slave owners would have about things that they needed to get done. And when they had a problem, even as a young boy at 15, 16 years old, his father would bring him and his slave owner would bring them into the meetings and then afterwards ask his father to let him speak to tell what he felt should be done to solve the problem. Now, if you can imagine being that young and being a slave, but you're having this mind, you know, and he could read and he could write and he taught himself how to read and write. Actually, it was his spirit guides who taught him how to read and write. In fact, it wasn't just him. It was his whole entire family that could actually read and write. But he wasn't so proficient with reading and writing. But what he was proficient at is math. He understood mathematics. He understood math, understood math. And absolutely, I see the goddess Rainwater said it and Brother Lance. Yes, he had that Ogun energy. He understood that. And metal, he loved metal. He loved metal. And literally, he would say, he would make these sculptors and he would make these artifacts and he would make these things and he would tell people that they would say, how do you come up with these ideas of how to do this? Because he did extensive fence work. You know how they have these fancy fences in the South and they would have all of these beautiful little star-like things on the top of them and all of these designs and everything, just some things you would think that came out of the ancient Renaissance period or something, you know, that you would see out of a fairy tale. Well, his father had that same particular gift. He passed it on to all of his sons, but this particular son was able to really, really embodied it. But he would tell people that when he had metal, when he had bricks, when he had mortar with him, it would speak to him. Mm-hmm. It would speak to him and it would tell him what it wanted to be reincarnated as, what it wanted to be rebirthed as. And so he understood that. He understood that and he was a genius at it. So word got around, word got around that there was this amazing young slave that was in the South that could do all of these incredible things. And that he was a genius when it came to these things. And so people would come from all around because they didn't believe that there were people in the South that was actually doing this, that could do this kind of work. And so one day he said he remembered he was 
working with some metal. He actually was building a metal fence. And while he was um, building the planks to go in the metal fence, he could look at the big house and he seen these men approaching the big house, uh, approaching where his master's house was. And then suddenly short after they called for his father. And so he knew, he knew, he knew. He thought initially, oh my goodness, they're going to be taking my father away. But his father was getting older. And, you know, his father was getting older and he was really, really hoping like, no, please don't take my father because he knew his mother and his younger brothers and sisters, like it would just crush their spirit, you know, for their father to be gone. And so he said he remembered that day of just praying, just praying to the ancestors, praying, praying to the divine to please take him and not take his father. And sure enough, shortly after, the master came over and asked him, came over with his father and told him to be packing his things that he would be leaving. He would be leaving. And so he was kind of in shock at first. But he knew it would be better for him to leave than his father. And so he packed up his things and he was getting ready to leave. And I will tell you this, the amount of money that his slave master paid for him was something like $1,700, which I can tell you that is unheard of. In our time, at this moment, that would be almost $500,000. Like he paid some astronomical amount of money because they did not want to let him go because they knew that this man was a genius and he knew the ability he had. But they were struggling on the plantation where they were because the plantation that they particularly had at that particular time, they were struggling, struggling the crops. Um, They had gone through a drought period. And so there was all kinds of things that was going on, but they were struggling. So when he got offered that kind of money, he went ahead and let him go. So initially, he didn't know what to expect because he was leaving the south and he was going up north. And he didn't know what to expect. It was a totally different world, still in slavery, still enslaved, still impoverished, but it was a totally different world. And unbeknownst to him, when when he was purchased, the person who purchased him was also someone who was a master artist who also was a, a artist, who also worked with metal, who also worked with doing, um, building statues and creating things. And so he began to get excited and they built a bond because he let him know that the reason I purchased you is because I need you to help me. I need you to really help me. And so these two gentlemen had to work very closely. They had to work side by side because he needed him. 
He needed him to figure out things that he could not. There is a statue. And this particular statue was the first statue in America. Uh, Let me see if I can pull it up for you. This particular statue, he was one of the first um, to have even, no, like no one knew how to do this. No one understood in the Americas how to even pull this off. But before I get carried away, I want to tell you that O.O. Sheila's dream, where she talks about, and Bingo was his name, (laughs) O-B-I-N-G-O, and Bingo was his name, we're going to talk about the Bingo was its name, because that particular song actually came out in 1780. Uh, That particular song came out in 1780, and around the time that that particular song actually came out is when this particular ancestor, this particular brother, really was getting into his work. He was getting heavy into his work, heavy into um, his work. He He was heavy into his work. Now, um, um, and had done so many things um, prior to that, uh, to that particular time. I don't, I don't want to lose my thought, but I, I had to, um, I had to bring that up. So what ended up happening is there were, they needed to build things. We were in the time of our country where, uh, in America, where they needed things to be built. But the craftsmanship, uh, the knowledge to pull these things off, there wasn't a lot of people who were skilled at being able to do this. It wasn't a lot of people who were skilled um, to do this. And whenever they would hire someone from another country, like it would take a long, long time, like a whole long time um, for that, for them to be able to um, have them available to come and to be able to do it. Like the money, uh, it it would just take, um, it would just take a long time. It would just take a really, really, really long time for that to happen. I know I'm being a little slow here with this, but I'm also just thinking about some of the things that you, some of the dreams that you all uh, have shared with me. And I want to make sure when, when possible, um, 
I, I'm incorporating that because I want to say also Priestess uh, Erica sent me a dream. Mm-hmm. Priestess Erica uh, sent me a dream um, as well. And this, I want to kind of tie this in uh, to, here it is. All right, um, I want to tie this in as well. So, um, so the ne- the next thing that um, I want to also let you all know, and for those of you who are in uh, astrology, all of the self invested astrology members, I want you to just kind of key this date in. He made his transition. This is another reason he's coming up. His transition was in the month of February. Uh, in the month of February, uh, this this is when he made his transition. But we're, we're going to talk about that. Um, here it is. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, let's see. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Give me one second. I'm just looking at my notes. Okay. So... Um, so they were looking to be able, oh, thank you. Thank you guys for your patience. So they were looking for these great artisans, these sculptors, and they wanted to make these great sculpt, um, these great statues like they had seen all over the world. Uh, like was that was in Rome and those things that um, those were in like was in Rome and like those things that um, that happened in Italy and, you know, all up around the world, you know, America, they were trying to build the Americas and they wanted to sort of replicate this. They wanted to sort of replicate what they were seeing around the world, but there wasn't many who were very skilled, not a lot of skilled craftsmen that could do these things and bring these things together. It wasn't many that could. Well, at the time, and for those of you who have ever been in Washington, D.C., where my D.C. folks at, um, you will know that there is an equestrian statue of a horse and Andrew Jackson. And that particular statue is sort of, I want you to think of it as is what sort of kicked things off. And I remember Priestess Erica sent the dream and she was talking about the horses in this particular dream. Because this particular dream, and even though this, this particular brother did not get the credit for it, but he was the one who figured out how they could Take this statue, number one, make it into this huge statue and how to produce what they call a six castings, did six different castings of this statue, this equestrian statue. And it was the very first bronze statue ever cast in America. Ever, no one else in all of America knew how to take these statues and to coat it 
in this in bronze so that the statue could survive and it could stand the test of time. Well, you guessed it. This brother, this slave, he figured it out. He was the one, the only one that knew how to do it. Also, it is the very first time that they had ever figured out how to take a person on a horse and lift the horse up to give it life. Prior to that, the statues had no life in them. He was able to give it life. So it looked like Andrew Jackson was literally riding his horse. He was able to infuse spirit and life into these statues. And the whole world was so blown away in the Americas. In the Americas. Now, this um, brother, this brother was able to, um, was able to participate in these works of art that is still here. But the one that he was most proud of is the one that I am going to tell you about and I know why he came through and he brought it for us to this day. And I'm going to show you because I actually have a replica of this statue. And it's not, it's not just a replica of this statue. It is literally made from the same material as when he was alive during his time. The same marble was taken from this space. It was taken from this place and it was used with the same bronzing technique that he created and that he helped to be spread across the Americas and then across the world in the same very spot that he walked, he ate, he slept, and he worked. And I'm going to show you this statue. And I want you all to tell me if you know what this statue is or if you've seen it. This is the same bronze, and this is the statue. Now, we're going to go through, and we're going to talk about the esoteric knowledge of this statue. If you look at the dressing, like the, the couple of people said in their dreams, the brothers, is that some said a man or a woman, but it looked like some sort of Eastern outfit that they had. You can see that there. You see that? Look at the head dressing. You see that? You see the stars right there? You see that? You see how the draping is? You can see why some people seen this statue as a man and some people seen this statue as a woman. And here's a hint. It is not the Statue of Liberty. This is not the Statue of Liberty. And many people confuse this statue and say, oh, 
That's the Statue of Liberty. But this is not the Statue of Liberty. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. This is not the Statue of Liberty. Um, Now, let's talk about this statue. It's not Native American. Uh, This is not a Native American statue um, either. So let's talk about this statue that this brother was so instrumental in um, working with. This is not the goddess Fatuna. That's not her either. It's not who this statue is. We're going to get into it because this one, this one right here, it's not Ishtar. It's not. And when I say it's not, we can make it whatever we want. But I want to tell you all that that's not who it is. Okay. Trust me on this one. Okay. So as he continues, this is the time during the war. So we're, we're, we're getting into the war time, like this war is going on. And this is before slavery. This is way before slavery. Matter of fact, we're going to go into, let's go back to 1855. Let's go back to 1855. Let's go back to 1855. All right. We're going to go back to 1855. And in 1855, around that time, or let's go, are we in 1850? Yeah, we're around 1855. Um, Even though some people say it could be the goddess Athena, this is not the goddess Athena. Nope, not the goddess Athena either. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so let's, let's continue. This is not the goddess of limitations. Not that. It's not that. Um, and she connected with all of the things that you all are saying. So I'm not going to say you're totally wrong, but it's, I want you to know her for the essence and the energy of her creation. And then it'll make more sense for you. Then it'll make more sense sense to you. It'll make more sense. When you when you really hear this this brother's story, then you're going to understand everything about this statue. You're going to understand everything about this statue. Nope, it's not Hera. Nope, not her either. You guys can keep guessing. Uh, you're not going to get it. It's not the statue of limit, limitations. Nope, nope, it's not Hathar. Nope, nope, nope. Mm-mm. Nope, she's not Miss America. Nope, 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 not her, not her. So stay with me, stay with me. I know you're excited, but stay with me, stay with me. Okay, so um, what was happening during this particular time? You had a group of men in the Americas, and I want you all to hear me with this because this is going to get a little controversial. Um, but there's a group of people, a group of people, and these group of men have a very different idea for what they feel America and the world should look like. They have a totally different understanding of this. Totally. 
and they really don't agree with a lot of things that's happening in this world. They don't agree with uh, the slavery. Uh, they don't agree with the way things are going. They don't. They, they just don't agree with any of that. And so during this particular time, and just like we have visions, you know, our ancestors have visions. Someone said the Pallades. I'm sure the Pallades had something to do with it. I know the Pallades had something to do with it. So they decide how can we, how can we bring the world? This isn't about America at this point, but how can we bring, it's not, a, how can we bring the world together? How can we really just send this message because this particular man had a vision and he had a vision and he knew that he was not going to live his vision out. Can you imagine that, that, you know, you got a vision, but you're not going to be here to complete it. You know, we've heard that speech from Dr. Martin Luther King. We've heard it from Malcolm X. We've heard it from J.F. Kennedy. We've heard it from a lot of great people, Mother Teresa, we, no matter what they say about her we or him. We've heard that from so many people that they know they have a dream, but they know that they can't complete it. They're only going to be able to take the dream so far. They're only going to be able to take the dream so far, and it is only their hopes, right, that their oversoul group, their soul family that kind of got that same mindset, or even if they have a totally opposite mindset, that somehow there is a divine intervention that will carry this mission out. And then, and then, and then, and then. Somebody will get that spark and they will be able to put it all together and it can carry on as a legacy, as a legacy in life. So these men, one in particular who was very, very frustrated because I don't care what anybody say. I don't care what your background is. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color your skin is. When you start tapping into the energy of love, when you start tapping into your creativity, it raises your consciousness and your frequency. You have no other choice but to open up to a higher understanding. This is why taking the arts out of school was so detrimental. This is why trying to dumb down children to make them feel like they can't express their creativity is so harmful. It's harmful to our world. It's harmful to our society. Getting rid of music programs, getting rid of art programs in the school system. Oh, <laughs> you caught that, huh? Getting rid of these programs Getting rid of these programs really shuts down our creativity. It does. It, 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 the only thing that can change this world is creativity. I've been saying this for years, and so this story does me well to be a part of this legacy. So these men knew that there were certain things they could not come out and say, but like any artist, there is a way that you can get your message across to people who do not even agree with you. That's why the universal language is music. Music. 
music. And you are going to see as we get further into 2024 and beyond, you will see how the creatives, those of us who are creative on the planet, we're going to be thrust into positions of politics and positions of political agendas and thrust into these agendas. And they're going to be attempting to use these as tactics of diversion uh, to elude people out of their own sovereignty and their own knowingness by using creativity through all forms of musics and the arts and, you know, any way that you are expressing your creativity, you're going to start seeing stuff that you're like, whoa, did I just see that? Did I just see this happen? You're going to start seeing them use creativity because I'm telling you that is the only thing that can change this world. And you're going to see music. You're going to see music. You're going to see fashion. People are going to be making political statements through the art, through fashion, through drawing, through food, and all of these places of creativity, all of these places, you're going to see it. Watch me. Watch it and watch me and come back and let me know because it's going to happen. Make sure that you are using your creativity in that way because it will speak louder. It will speak louder than anything else in this world. And it's just going to get ramped up even more. So they understood this back then too. They understood about this creativity thing, like in a really, really big way. And they thought, we can't come out and let them know that we don't agree with the way this world is doing things. We don't agree with this whole slavery thing. We don't agree with this oppression of people. We don't agree with these things. But if we made a piece of art and they don't understand about signs and symbols, and we put that art out there, it will serve as an activation at the time that it needs to be an activation when enough people are conscious on the planet, are conscious enough to raise their awareness that they can recognize what this is, and then it will start to unlock something inside. When the consciousness is high enough, you're going to start seeing these things. This is why, and this is a side note here, I'm not a fan of destroying statues. I'm just not a fan of that. And I know that we have some people who have statues have, who have done some major atrocities on the planet. And they have done all kinds of things. But as you know, with anything, it it's more than one story that goes along with those statues. And the first thing that conquerors do when they're going in to take over a country or take over a place is they start to destroy the artifacts. They start to destroy the temples. They destroy the statues. Uh, they start to tear down things. They start to want to leave the place in ruins. And, you know, history has shown us that that does not cause change. That does not. But see, individuals who do this, they know that when they do this, 
there is a disconnect between the lineage and the histories. Just like in Egypt where they cut all the nose off of all the statues and even including the sphinx because they want that separation to be broken. It's almost like sort of cutting a cord or energetic cord. So you can't find your way back. They are destroying temples and places and great places in the East, in the West. That is the first thing that they go to is to destroy statues. I'm not a fan, even in America, because changing the statues is not what's going to make people change. And in this case, had they got to these two statues, we would never know this story. See, there's always more than one way to tell a story. Always more than one way to tell a story. Absolutely always want more than one way to tell a story. Always more than one way to tell a story. And if we start destroying stories, yeah, I can hear myself. Are you guys getting an echo? Can y'all hear me okay? I want to make sure. I kind of got a little loud there. I apologize. Just a little excited. But we're good. I want to make sure you all can hear me. I wanted to make sure I wasn't getting, I was getting a little echo there. So I was trying to straighten some things up. Can you guys hear me okay now? Yes? No? Maybe so? It's clear. Okay, perfect. All right. So anyway, so, excuse me. That's why I am not a fan of destroying statues, taking them down. In some cases, we need to be reminded, reminded of a past we don't want to repeat. And then in other cases, we shouldn't take a statue down unless we have something else to replace it with. Something else to replace it with. But I think it definitely needs to make sure that we have um, representation of our history. Because it's important to know where we came from, even if some of the places are where we don't wish to return. Because what happens is we go through the veil and we go through the veil twice. You go to the veil when you're born and you don't remember past lives and you don't remember where you came from. And then there's another veil you must cross when you're here. And so we definitely need to have these things here so that we can understand where we were at and not create the same mistakes. And personally, I don't think taking down the statues is the only way, I don't think. And I remember when they were doing it all across the world and the young people were standing up, shots out to Generation Z. I get it. Even though most of those people doing that was not Generation Z, Generation Z was somewhere uh, doing what they love to do and staying in the high vibration. This wasn't Generation Z. This was more like Generation X uh, tearing down the statue, like my generation. 
but I want to, I want to kind of let you, let you all just kind of marinate on that. That's just my thought on it. You all can let me know how you feel about it and it's okay if we disagree. But in this case, we would have never known had they got to this statue because Justin believed they want to get to these two statues and they want to take them down. So here's the other thing. So these men got together and said, we are going to build this statue. But he knew he could not do this statue in America, even though he was commissioned to do this statue. And when he drew this statue and brought this statue together, it wasn't just a statue of America. Now, a lot of people would like to tell you that story. And when you do the research, I encourage you to look at this story, not through your physical eyes, but through your third eye and your higher self. And so they would want you to believe that this statue only meant this one particular thing. But here's the interesting thing. No one has the story of the person who drew this statue, what their intent, hear me when I say, what was their tension in making this story? No one has that. They will tell you speculation about what they suspected this statue meant. They're going to tell you speculation of what they think the person was influenced by. They're going to give you all of these things, but they do not know for sure. And here's the reason why. Because I also channeled the gentleman who is said to have drawn the statue. And I'm going to tell you like this. It wasn't one person. It wasn't one person who created the statue. It was a collective effort, a collective effort. And this effort was such a collective effort that the person who created this statue had to leave America and he went to Italy and he went to Italy and he opened up his own studio. And the reason he went to Italy is not only because he understood, he understood that Italy, they had a different appreciation and understanding for art, for creativity and art. And this is where some of the finest craftsmen were in the world. And he knew that he could get the support uninterrupted to create it the way that he envisioned it and everyone who worked with him. Because had he had done this in America, they would have intervened and made him change so many things about this statue. We might have never, ever seen it. So here's the story. It was commissioned back in 1850s uh, to do a full plaster size model. Hey, Kevin, of this statue. And he was supposed to complete it. And then it was going to be transferred into pieces. This plaster, and if you know what plaster is, plaster is not heavy. 
you know, plaster can break. You can crumble plaster in your hand. It was to be transferred all the way back to America. But lo and behold, he died. Dun, 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 dun. He died. He died. He just, boop, he was out of here. He passed away. And so his wife knew how important this was to him. He knew how important it was to him to get this done. And so she had it shipped into pieces back to the Americas. And it took a long time and it made it quite a few stops. And after it made all of these stops and kept going and kept going and kept going, it spent some time in other places around the world. It finally made it. But when they got it to the Americas, nobody could figure out how to get it out the crates without breaking it, without harming it, without damaging it. They had sent some Italian artists to come with him. But what ended up happening when he went to go send those Italian artists is they did the okie doke and said, uh, you're going to have to pay us some more money. They didn't have no more money to pay. And the government wasn't given no more money. Um, first of all, because once they started looking at it, they started having second thoughts about, ah, do we even want this? And what is this? W- what is this supposed to be? Is it a man? Is it a woman? What is it? So finally, it was this brother who figured out how to take it out, how to open it, how to get it without it being undamaged. He also figured out himself and his team how to bronze it. Because remember, he was the very first person to bronze a statue and bring it to life. And he was the one who bronzed the statue. Now, of course, he didn't get the credit. No, no, no. No, no, no. He didn't get the credit. The credit went to his slave owner who purchased him. Remember? Purchased him for like $1,200. They purchased him. Yeah. Because they understood that this was no ordinary person. This one, no ordinary slave, not at all. But he was on a whole nother level. He was actually teaching his slave owner about art and about artistry and how to do these crafts that he learned and understood himself. And so they worked on this statue. And it wasn't no short feat. They worked on this for years. This isn't no, you know, this isn't no bring it in Monday, we done on a Tuesday. And he's one of the few slaves that actually got paid by the government. And he made more money than the slaves because most of the slaves who work, they were paid less than a dollar a day. And he received a dollar and 25 cents. Not much. Not much, not much. And I want to say ashe to the rest of the 
brothers that worked on this as well. But they worked on this between 1860 and 1861. So from between July 1st, uh, I'm going to say it was a little longer than that, all the way up until 1860, um, May 16th of 1861. But they worked without a break. This means no weekends off. This is no days off. And they continued. They had to fire up these moles. They had to do all of these things that they had to do. He worked on this until he got this statue. And so the statue finally got casted. And then this statue got put on the top of what was the building of where the senators met. So for everyone who said that they met the senator in their dreams, whether a woman or a man, because it does have an androgynous look, and that was done on purpose. We'll talk about that. Um, but it's on top of the United States Capitol building. And here she is again in all of her glory. But this is a female figure. Female figure. This is her. And this replica of her, she is called the Statue of Freedom. And she was created around 1863 to 1865. Now, this particular statue here is created from the original United States Capitol. This is from, um, it went under renovation in 19... Uh, 95. Now, this is the marble that was used from this statue is the original um, marble that was taken from the wing that was occupied by the House of Representatives. So every member of the House, over 9,000, has walked up these steps. And the steps were originally installed, this is important, from 1863 to 1865, leaving footsteps of history. And the steps were removed in 1995. Let me tell you why that's significant. Because when they say Generation Z started, 1995, 1995, I'm going to do you one better. Yes. When they removed those steps, when they went through the renovation and they took the Statue of Freedom down to do some renovation, but this statue I have here, it's actually made out of the original marble from that building where the brother, and let me give you his name. His name is Philip Reed. Philip Reed. Yep. And he is one of the most, he played the, if it wasn't for Philip Reed, there would be no Statue of Freedom. There would be. So when people are guessing when Gen Z started, Gen Z started in 1995. When they removed those steps, because he told me everything that is happening at this building is 
speaking to what is going on. And this statue here speaks to that. Everything from even the writing. Can y'all see that? Let me see if you can see this in my camera. Can y'all see that writing down there at the bottom of the statue? Can y'all see that? I'll turn it real slow. Can you see that? And we're going to go over all of the esoteric symbolism of this particular statue and what it means. Mm-hmm. Now, what happened is once President Abraham Lincoln seen this statue and knew the work that Reed did, he instantly, listen at me, signed the Declaration of Emancipation. And so technically, the very first person to be freed was Philip Reed. When Philip Reed finished this statue and Abraham Lincoln seen it, he wanted to immediately meet the person who worked on this statue. Immediately. And once he met with Reed, he signed the Declaration of Emancipation. That was put into effect. This had everything to do with it. Absolutely everything to do with it. Everything. Everything. Absolutely everything. This is the part of history that is not told. This is the part of history that is not told. Mm -hmm. This statue here. Yeah, this this statue here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I want you to know that you can actually buy this. You have to officially go to the site to get the statue that has that marble in it because we're going to talk about why now? Why now, um, Brother Philip Reed, come through? Why now? Why now at this particular time are we talking about this? Because this is such a critical time in the history of humanity. And this particular statue, a lot of people say um, that it was, uh, um, that, what am I trying to say? If if you go to Emancipation Hall, there is a white version, because I know many of you talked about the white statue, but there is a white version of this statue. There is a white version of this statue. And I put that link there so you can see it. This is This is at the Visitor's Center. So they have a white version of her there. They have another version, I think, outside. Many of you talked about being in a place that appeared to be like a library, or some of you said that you were at some special event and that the senator was there. And I want you to take a look at this place and see, were you here? To see, were you here? See if you were here. See if you were in this place. Mhm. And so and I think it's 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 
it's called, you know, the Statue of Freedom. Freedom. Mm-hmm. So five days after freedom had been installed is when the 13th Amendment and the abolishment of slavery went into effect. Went into effect five days after. And Philip Reed was the very first person. Matter of fact, when he finished, the amount of money he was paid, something, I forgot how much money he had, but he had a good grip of money that he made, and he was paid by the government. He was paid by the government. He had a separate contract because they knew that they could not finish it without him. Now you see Donna Lee why I say your timing, perfect, perfect. Because we're going we're gonna to continue this, and I want to go and I want to break down these symbols here because it's so important for us to see uh, these symbols here, for us to understand these symbols here. Mm-hmm. If you look at, if you look at this statue, you will see this statue. You will see this. It is a woman, but I think she looks androgynous for a reason because it symbolizes men and women or however you identify with. If you look at her entire outfit, let me go to my next slide. You can see her there because when you purchase her, you can purchase her um and white, I didn't want to get the white because that's the marble. I wanted to get the bronze. And we're going to talk about the significance of the bronze because the bronze lead to the copper and why it's going to be important. Let me show you guys some of my bracelets I got from the goddess Rainwater to get you some copper bracelets and not any copper bracelet. These are directly from Rain. I tried to put her, I tried to put her tag back on there. Uh, that she um, sent it with because I keep all of her stuff. It's so amazing. These are raw red gold bangles, and they are copper. And Goddess Rainwater handmade these, and that's what you want. You want some handmade copper bracelets or copper jewelry. You want handmade copper because bronze is mostly made out of copper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know, I know. So if you think about it, um, let me see. And I'm gonna be looking at my notes. I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to you guys, but I wanna talk about this. If you look at the statue and I want you to notice the the headdressing the headdressing on the statue of freedom i want you to see the headdressing you see the headdressing there so this headdressing or what they call the liberty cap see back in times they would usually put a soft cap to wear a soft cap we call them beanies 
But this soft cap or these hats is connected to ancient Rome. And when slaves were freed, they would put on that soft cap. The Liberty, the Statue of Liberty, does not have a soft cap. She symbolizes, uh, she has on a helmet. And I want you to think about this helmet that the statue has on because it symbolizes free from oppression, free from oppression. And it's about embracing liberty, right? It represents liberation of the soul and the pursuit of a higher consciousness. This is about really understanding what you're looking at in this statue. And when you see the torch, you can't, you, you, you see the torch. Well, when you see the, see the, see the shield that she has, she has the stars around her helmet. Can you, let me get to the stars first. You see the stars and on her shield, you see her shield. These shield, these stripes symbolize protection and defense. It represents your spiritual armor that you can cultivate to shield yourself from negative influences and strengths, even if they're inside of you. You see, that's what that stood for. She has the wreath. We all know the wreath. This circular crown, because that's what the reef is, intertwined with these leaves, reefs, is about victory and achievement. It symbolizes triumph of the soul. It represents attaining a higher level of being, of beingness. And that helmet represents strength, courage, and spiritual fortitude. It symbolizes the need for protection while you're on your spiritual journey and the readiness to face challenges, all of these things which have so much to do with this particular time. She has a sword. I hope y'all can see all of this. I'm trying to show you too. So the sword that she's carrying there, um, In her right hand, it symbolizes strength, justice, and the power to cut through illusions. The power to cut through illusions. Yeah. So, yeah, I know I said 13. She has seven stripes, and then she has the stars, which is going to add up to the 13 with all of them coming together. So, to cut through the illusions. It represents the ability to discern truth, to overcome obstacles on a spiritual path, on your spiritual path, to be able to overcome obstacles. Yes, also she is facing east. She faces the east. Yeah, she does face the east. Now, that is a fact. She faces east. And there's a reason for her facing the East, too. And we can think about what's happening in the East right now. 
And so the stars that's going around her head of the statue, this is about the celestial and the cosmic influences. And the stars represents divine guidance and the connection between the earthly and the celestial realms of being the heavens above. So she has so much. Her robe represents her covenant. It represents her covenant to humanity and to standing in truth and justice. And this symbol on the back, you see that? I don't know if y'all can see that. The symbol, oh, it's kind of foggy. The symbol on the back means out of many comes one. So it is about all is one and really sort of being that reminder there. That reminder of all is one. So this, everything from the liberty cap to the torch, to the reef, uh, to the helmet, to the sword, all of these things are a part of a spiritual awakening and a spiritual connection. It's about this mystical journey. You understand it's when you look at this statue, this is a gateway to a higher spiritual dimension. And so the capital, this is a connection between the celestial realms and the earthly realms and sort of bringing this in information together. It represents protection as well, protection to those people who were not receiving sort of this balance, who were not receiving sort of this treatment, all of these things together. So this statue holds a very unique residence because it has the building and the making from a collective consciousness. So we have everyone from our ancestors who were enslaved both in America and also abroad who worked on this particular statue. We had those who uh, worked on this that were a part of the government uh, that was a part of this statue. We have those who were artisans that were a part. We had men and women who participated into the building of this statue. It represented not just... uh, uh, what am I trying to say? Not just European or Anglo-Saxons or white Americans, but it represented all people, all people who were being dealt um, or their freedom and somehow was being taken away from them. I find it real interesting that so much of this that I've been talking about for years when it came to um, that's right. His wife was very instrumental because if it wasn't for her, it would have never made it back. She could have said, my husband passed away, and so therefore we're not going to send it. She still went through everything, and it took a lot for her to get that statue to get to America. So everyone, no, it doesn't have a mask on. If it looks like it, 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 it doesn't, um, but it doesn't. It doesn't have a mask on. Um, But it is covered in bronze. And we're going to talk about that precious metal in a minute. Statue of Freedom. The Statue of Freedom. But this was a collective effort of everyone coming together. 
And in the time of now where we all need to come together, it is a reminder and truly why this particular ancestor I know needed to come back and to do this. And so shout out and ashe to the brother Philip Reed, because Philip Reed, who was a craftsman, he was a magician, um, and he was those who understood the higher uh, esoteric knowledge of signs and symbols. He was a skilled artisan. He worked with iron, and he possessed those skills that did anything with metalwork and working with all of those. He understood about formery, you know, that process of casting the bronze statue, of being able to do that. And his his role he played in casting and because so much of casting is coming up in the world right now to break the caste system, because this is what we're fighting more against. And I don't even want to say fighting because we don't need to fight. We just need to acknowledge. And I think if we can stand together as humanity, and isn't it interesting that the role that Philip Reed played was the casting process. And I want to talk about that. If you don't know what casting is, I'm going to talk about casting as the cast system and then casting and how do you cast something and what is the process? Because that's what he did. The difficult task of casting this large bronze statue into sections took both technical, physical, and spiritual skills to be able to pull this off. The emancipation and freedom, and we know Philip Reed, he gained his freedom five days, the number of change and transformation, five days after he completed the Statue of Freedom. Um, Reed not only was recognized for his contribution, he was paid for that as well, and he was granted his freedom as well truly a hero in this process, one of the less known contributors in this process, you understand, of, of, of the role, the significant role that he played in this entire process. Yeah, so this is the Statue of Freedom. You can actually order her. I got the bronze one because I wanted to honor Philip Reed. And I wanted the original mole, original things that came from where he worked, where he put all of his energy, time, and effort, and all of those. So it's going to be interesting to see this statue in the upcoming years and the role that the Statue of Freedom is going to place, is going to play. And her role she's going to play, not known as much. And she has an ego on the top of her head. Now, you got to know when it came to statues and all of these things, no one has it more documented, I think, than ancient Egypt. You know, we have places in the east and shout out there and to other places around the world. But Egypt always captivates people. And we know that ego is there is for Haru. And Haru you know, you understand, we know the triumph of Haru and moving itself um, above the horizon and the rise of Haru, the god Haru. So I wanted to share that. So here are some of the steps 
and I'm going to talk a little fast because I want to get some feedback from all of you. And uh, uh, I want to talk about that. And oh, the role shouts out to UPS because I just ordered this, I want to say a week ago. And they delivered it tonight. Like literally it was dark. I heard the doorbell, thought it was a neighbor, looked on the thing and it was UPS. And here's the statue of freedom came tonight in time for the show, in time for the show. Yeah. Yeah. So talk about divine timing on that. So the stats to bronze a statue, because there are some stats. You have what's called the sculpting part of a bronze statue. Because when you're making a statue and you are casting it in the bronze to get to get it to be bronzed out, and we're going to talk about the significance of the bronze, because bronze is primarily made up of zinc. It has a lot of zinc in it, and it has copper in it, two powerful metals that we'll be talking about in future shows that are so significant. And we know what the bronze statue, I'm telling you, get you some bronze jewelry, start wearing it, start making it a part of what you do. But the first phase is the sculpting phase, because in order for you to get ready to bronze a statue, but maybe I should take a step back. Let's talk about what a statue is. Who knows what a statue is? I know many of you guys study this. Why do you think we have statues? Because even back in ancient Egypt times, and I'm going to tell you that because that's one of my most studied places. But even back in ancient Egypt in Kemet, they had statues. They had statues of many of the gods and the goddesses. The women would keep the statue of the goddess Tarawet. And I did a whole show on Tarawet. Because Tarawet is the goddess. She is the guardian of the Milky Way galaxy. She guards one of the ends of the Milky Way galaxy. And she has stars going all the way down her back. And she had those stars there because she is a protector of women and children and households. So the statue is there for women, children, and households. So Tarawet... Um, they had that statue. Oddly enough, they used to have buck belt, um, belt buckles as well, too, that they would wear around their belt buckles as well. And they would have statues of Tarawet and they would have Sebek on there, too, the crocodile uh, god. And they would also wear name necklaces. See, we thought we was doing something to get a name necklace or a belt buckle. They've been doing this since ancient times is because there is symbolism in having these statues and we know everything holds a consciousness. And so within this consciousness is the consciousness of the brother, Philip Reed, and everyone who worked on this project. There is consciousness in this. And anything that has a consciousness to it, we can communicate with it. We can, we can communicate. And just as we evolve in our consciousness, the consciousness that we are able to extract from it is there as well, as well as us reflect those attributes and traits within ourselves. 
So it works through the same process that crystals work through, the process of entrainment. This is why a lot of sacred books um, will tell you, be careful about statues, be careful about symbols, because they understood the power of those statues and those symbols. And so that you don't think that you merely just have this object that is there and it's there for no reason. Number one, that object is there because it is connected to something that's either in your subconscious mind or something that's in your higher mind. And so when you are drawn to a particular statue, depending on the frequency and vibration you're in and your understanding of yourself and the world around you, you are connecting with that energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you are connecting with that. So during this sculpting process, we can look at this as sculpting is representative as a initiation of a spiritual idea or concept. So when you get an idea, when you get involved into a concept, you are actually sculpting. You are in the process of making your statue and bronzing it. You are bronzing it. You understand this is sort of the formulation of what we would call an esoteric thought or in regular terms or layman terms, we are talking about setting an intention. Whenever you set an intention, you are sculpting. You become the sculptor. What is it in your world you want to create? What is that that you want to bring to life? What is that that you want to create something out of? And so the next step is after you have sculpted something, you have to create a mold for it. You understand? And so the mold symbolizes your spiritual framework. So many of you who actually have the futuristic, um, many of you who have the futuristic, um, what am I trying to say? The futuristic activation uh, workshop that I did earlier this year. And by the way, some of it is still available and we will be working with that. But for those of you who have the futuristic activation workshop, you heard Priestess Donna Lee come on and talked about her own sculpting process and how she uses the daily flow. And it was through that daily flow that it really helped her to put those pieces of what she internally had a spiritual idea of doing, of putting those pieces together to eventually bring her vision into reality and to scope that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Tarawet. That's Tarawet. You can spell it like that. I think it's a couple of ways you can spell the goddess Tarawet, but that's fine. If you put it in as Tarawet, T-A-R-A-W-E-E-T, some people do, or W-E-T at the end and put ancient Egyptian goddess and put in Milky Way, it will come up. It will come up for you. So, um, but this is about... Um, sort of creating a mold. So now you get into the spiritual framework, you get into the structure uh, that contains the shape. And this shape is what's going to be a part of what we would call the initiate's journey. You are going on the initiate's 
journey. And as you begin to go on this initiate's journey and you're traveling through this initiate journey, what it does is it represents boundaries because you're building a mole. Because whenever you're on an initiate journey, you have to have boundaries. Um, And I think we all can identify that. You got to have boundaries. Like, look at this statue. You can't make your mole way over here when her head is supposed to be here. You cannot. You you, You can't make her mole way up here when it's supposed to be there. You have to have boundaries. And so you have to have boundaries when you're on this journey. This is why I talked about earlier, can you have the discipline? Can you have the the focus? Can you set some values? All of these things that we talked about. So when you're molding, when you're creating a mold, and we're using sort of the metaphor of what it means to bronze a statue and understanding this from maybe a a higher esoteric sort of understanding of this in our day-to-day life, this particular practice, it represents boundaries and it represents your foundation. What is your foundation? What are you building this on? Because even in the mold, you have to have, look at her solid foundation that she's on. If you don't have a solid foundation that you are building upon when it comes to you evolving as a spiritual being, if you don't have boundaries that you are building this on, then your mole isn't going to be good. And I think this is one of the things that most people, if not a lot, struggle with. I hear this in readings. They struggle with trying to maintain focus. Because now you're opened up to a world of endless possibilities, and it's like a kid in the candy store. You want to try everything. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to study this. I want to do this. And I want to dabble in this. And this requires you to find a focus. And it doesn't mean you can't try all the things, because I suggest that you try all of your heart's desire, but you do sort of have a process and how this is going so that you can stay grounded, you can stay balanced in the process. You can keep your mind, your body, and your spirit healthy while you're going through this process. You understand? You, you definitely have to do this. And yes, the principles go in there. Remember, the principles go in there. Your values go in there. All of these things that we talk about here on the remix, they have to go in there. Your discipline going there. If you have discipline, you got to have disciples, which are your principles. But beyond principles, you got to get morals and values. And I'm not talking about the world's morals and values. I'm talking about morals and values in your life, how you move, how you respond, um, how you grow, how you build, how you interact, how you communicate, how you express yourself, how you spread your love, how you receive love. All of these things are built into that. And so the next phase is called wax casting. And I had to study this wax casting for a minute. Because, see, the wax casting is kind of like a test mode. And the wax casting process is to initiate the process. You want to kind of start it. You want to start testing it out. And I think sometimes what happens with us is we start getting into these spiritual processes and we don't understand about sort of this 
wax casting, meaning I've learned something and I think it's cool that I understand it in, you know, mentally, but then I'm not using it in my day-to-day life to see the magic happen right in front of my eyes. We understand these spiritual concepts, but how is it showing up in your day-to-day? This is not Saturday's play. This is not Sunday's play. This is not just work for when there's tragedy and trauma. should be your life as you're living it every single day because you have started to initiate your process of growing and evolving. So this is where you, as the initiate, is molded and prepared to go deeper into your spiritual work. And this is why sometimes we can be on this spiritual path but we don't see things changing in our lives and we don't see ourselves growing. We have to be conscious that we are understanding we are on a path and in a process and we have to be utilizing the things that we're doing. And we have to bear witness in real life. And when I say real life, I mean within Within, the real life within, matters not the real life outside because whatever is being mirrored on the inside will eventually, if we can hold steady to the focus, catch up with the outside. I think so many times we want to see it in the physical before we even experience it in the internal world, which is actually the real world. So if you're not living it from within, it doesn't matter what happens in this illusion or what we would some call the matrix world, because this world can change in an instant. Anything is possible here. And how fast that happens depends on your internal world of what you've been casting on the inside. If it's taking a long time to show up outside, then you have to go within. You have to go within. You have to go within and work on that. So think about it. So this wax casting process initiates the process because you are being molded. You are preparing for a deeper spiritual work. And so the wax figure, because that's what you get uh, in itself, is ready for transformation. If you have, because this started out as a wax figure, and then you're checking that wax figure to see, huh, is this what I really want to build? Because that wax figure is showing up in this 3D world. It's showing up in the matrix. So when you see things show up in your real life that you don't want, you got to go back to this step. Because somewhere in this step, you miss the step because it's not turning out the way you imagine. Things are not happening the way that you intended for them to happen. You have to go back and you have to begin to start doing more work. 
And so that next step is what they call investment building. I'm going to say that one again, investment building, because this is where self-invested come in. And shouts out to everyone who's self-invested. Once self-invested, always self-invested. Because this self-invested building is where you're building the investment, right? This, the more you begin to invest in yourself, and every time we get together on Planet Remix and you are doing this work, you are investing in yourself. You are investing in yourself. Guess what this investment is? This is your spiritual protection. Everybody wants to talk about spiritual protection, but you guys know I'm not a fan of doing rituals for protection. I want you to do the real work because I know that that is long-lasting protection. That is protection that nobody can penetrate those barriers. This is spiritual protection. Protection for your mind, protection for your body, protection for your spirit. This spiritual protection is a barrier, right, that is surrounded by your very intense practice. You are investing in yourself. And this is your preparation of your spiritual self. Spiritual self is protected. Your aura is sure, is your aura is strong. I couldn't even get it out. Your mind is sharp and your heart is pure. This is how you get to the investment building cuz you got to have the investment building. You have to. Now, interesting enough, the next next step it's called burnout. You got to burn it out. The burnout phase represents the purification and the cleansing process. And this purification and the cleansing process about burning away impurities and negativity. This is sort of shedding those limited beliefs and past experiences. Past, keyword, experiences. Not just limiting beliefs. You got to get to the past experiencing. Now, when I was looking at this, I thought, well, shouldn't burnout come first and then investment building? But I understood why it didn't for me in this time. And I'm glad it's in this order because I don't believe that if you have a limiting belief, past experience that's holding you back, I no longer believe that it should be just wiped away. That the quickest way for it to burn out is through investment building. The more that you love yourself, the more that you build your spiritual barrier, 
that surrounding is going to be your protection. The more that you get into your spiritual work, the more that you continuously show up as you, the more that you can open your heart for compassion and non-judgment and loving, the more that you do that, it is going to release and burn out everything else that was holding you back And that was a part of your past experience. You won't even have to do any work. It automatically will burn out because nothing is feeding it. For a fire to keep burning, you have to feed it. If anything is still going on in your life that you want to let go of and you have done work and work and work, ask yourself two questions. One, where am I still feeding this? Because in order for this fire to not just burn out, I didn't say burn away, I said burn out. That means it is not being fed. You're no longer feeding that false narrative about yourself. You're no longer feeding that um, bad past experience you went through, that breakup, that traumatizing childhood or that bad relationship or the school bullying or those things that happen to you, no matter what it is, you're no longer feeding that. It has to burn out because you're not feeding it. Not burn away, burn out because it has to let itself go. The purification comes in, the cleansing comes in because you are the step before you are investment building, you are self-invested, you are building, you are fortifying your spiritual self, you are um, getting your strength up, you're building your esteem, that steam, all of that is coming in from the love, from the nurturing, from doing your practices and your spiritual work and being good to yourself and, you know, being loving and caring and making sure that you are releasing judgment. Judgment. So the next phase is called bronze pouring. So now we're getting into the good stuff, the bronze pouring. This is the pouring of the molten bronze, and this signifies the infusion of divine spiritual energy into the adept. You are taking in your golden light. Your halo is there. You are bronzing yourself up. This is the transformative moment where you, as the initiate, is filled with the alchemical fire of spiritual wisdom, or what I call divine wisdom, which means it is wisdom that is not based upon what you've experienced. It is wisdom not based upon what any man, woman, or child has told you on the planet. This is wisdom that comes from a higher source that is coming out of the soul consciousness of the divine. That's the wisdom you have, and that's wisdom you can stand on. Now, when you get that stage of where the bronze pouring is coming in, then we have to get to where we get to the cooling or the solification, you know, where it becomes 
solid, where you become solid, when you're able to, as our ancestors would say, stand on your square. Can you stand on your square on that? Can you stand on it? You know, or I think they say now standing on business. Can you stand on that? This cooling solidification represents the integration of spiritual sight. So now we're going into the realm of talking about your third eye, your spiritual sight, and your energies, all of your energies, which involve all of your psychic abilities, your clairvoyance, your clairaudience, all of that, all of your chakras, your energy centers, everything that is there, your super conscious, everything is coming into this process. And it establishes a new and a stronger spiritual foundation. Now you have been totally transformed. You are not the same person. You are not the same person. You can't be shook by the same shit. You can't be tricked by the same things. You can't be lied to without using your discernment, your third eye, and everything that you're standing on. You don't move the same. You don't talk the same. Everything is different because you have a stronger spiritual foundation. It's new. It's fresh. It's fresh. Mm -hmm. It's fresh. And then finally, you get to another stage. And this stage is called chasing. Very interesting word, chasing. And this chasing involves refining the surface. And now you get to apply the 